This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn more about Reynolds' online retailing approach by visiting reyrey.com forward slash retail anywhere. That's R-U-I-R-U-I dot com slash retail anywhere. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, President Biden signs the CHIPS Act, Honda focuses on deliveries as profits fall, and Elon Musk offloads almost $7 billion worth of Tesla stock. Plus, a look at EV registration numbers from the first half of the year with our own Lonnie Iliff. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The Chips and Science Act is now law. The bipartisan effort provides more than $52 billion in government subsidies for U.S. semiconductor research, design, and production. $2 billion is designated for production of legacy chips used by automakers and parts suppliers. The new law also includes a 25% tax credit for investments in semiconductor manufacturing through 2026. Auto Forecast Solutions says that more than 13 million vehicles globally have been cut from automakers' production schedules since the start of 2021 due to the chip shortage. Honda says its top priority is getting cars to U.S. customers rather than worrying about recession talk or more stringent electric vehicle credits. That's as the Japanese automaker strains under a pile of back orders and tumbling profits. Honda's net income fell 33% in the second quarter to just over a billion dollars. Chief Financial Officer Kohei Takeuchi says that even if a recession strikes, Honda should be able to weather the storm by further controlling fixed cost. Online used vehicle retailer Shift Technologies says it plans to combine with used car consignment company Carlots in a stock-for-stock -stock merger. The companies say complementary geographies are one reason for the planned merger. Shift wants to use Carlot's mid-Atlantic retail locations to scale its dealer marketplace on the East Coast. Carlot's, which went public last year through a SPAC merger, lost almost $60 million in the first half of 2022. Shift says the combined company is expected to have a cash position of about $125 million upon closing. The companies didn't announce a name for the combined entity, but said it will trade under Shift Technologies' SFT ticker symbol. Shift shares rose in after-hours trading Tuesday, but slid back Wednesday morning to $1.22. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has sold almost $7 billion worth of shares in the electric vehicle maker. Musk says the funds could be used to finance a potential Twitter deal if he loses a legal battle with the social media platform. In early July, he tore up his April 25th agreement to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Twitter has sued Musk to force him to complete the transaction, dismissing his claim that he was misled about the number of spam accounts on the social media platform. Musk took to Twitter on Tuesday, saying the sale was important to avoid an emergency sale of Tesla stock. The two sides head to trial on October 17th. And in personnel news, EV truckmaker Nikola says Michael Loescheller is taking over as the company's CEO when Mark Russell retires on January 1st. Loescheller will immediately take over as president from Russell and join Nikola's board. Loescheller turned around the Opel brand under PSA Group 
and briefly served as Vietnamese carmaker VinFast's global top boss before joining Nicola in February. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, after a long, sometimes fraught battle on Capitol Hill, the CHIPS Act has crossed the finish line. How big of an impact do you think this could have on easing up the chip shortage? You know, in the short term, not not much. It just takes a long time to build these factories and get them up and running. You remember earlier this year, Intel announced plans for a massive chip factory in Ohio. You know, it's not going to be pumping out fabs until 2025. So it takes a while. But longer term, this is absolutely going to help give us a, a more stable U.S. economy and auto industry. And automakers are going to need as many of those new chips as possible to meet demand for their new EVs. Coming up, we'll dig into first half EV registration numbers. That's next on Daily Drive. Customer wants to sign documents remotely? No problem. Customer wants to provide documentation and their driver's license in person? No problem. Customer wants to have their vehicle delivered? No problem. There are a lot of steps to complete a car deal, but what happens when customers start online and end in store, or vice versa? You need a seamless, consistent process to start work and finalize every vehicle purchase, no matter where the customer is. Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds & Reynolds, explains how. Retail Anywhere is, is powered by the retail management system. So the retail management system is the engine you know, that kind of makes this all work. And it's based on the premise that customers can be anywhere, right? They could be in store, they could be at home, they could be a hybrid of both. It doesn't really matter, but it's a single process of interacting with that customer. And that's, you know, really important to be consistent in that way. And it's only achievable through a single system like the retail management system. Regardless of where the customer is buying from and how, Retail Anywhere focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this holistic approach to digital retailing, visit rayray.com forward slash retail anywhere. That's reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. There were a few eye-popping numbers in first half EV registration data that we get from Experian each month. Mainstream automakers are ramping up their EV production in a big way. But not only did Tesla hold on to its market share, it actually grew in the first half of the year. Overall demand seems to be big enough to go around. I talked about all of it with our own Lonnie Iliff, who's based in Silicon Valley. Here's our conversation. Lonnie Iliff, welcome to Daily Drive. Hey, man, it's great to be here. All right. I'm so excited. We've got first half registration numbers in. I really want to dig in on the EVs. I think that's what's most interesting. It's where so much energy is happening in the industry. So we'll play our little by the numbers game. I'll throw out numbers and ask you about them. We'll talk about them. So we're going to start the first number that really blew my mind, 68, Tesla's share of the EV market, up from 67% a year earlier. New EV registrations overall jumped 58%. Tesla's rose 61%. You think when a company is so dominant, you think of like, you know, GM in the 60s or something, you know, eventually other competitors come in and the market share comes down. It's not happening yet. What, what are you seeing in those numbers? What I think is amazing is that, I mean, Tesla has this trajectory that a lot of people said, there's just no way. There's just no way people are going to buy that many EVs. 
The price <laughs> is going up too fast. They're going to run out of batteries. You know, they can't build factories fast enough. That you know, the Chinese are going to hammer them. I know that's not the U.S. part of it, but everybody's going to figure out EVs, etc. And what has happened is they just keep executing this plan. Fifty percent per year is what Musk said, and fifty percent you know, growth. Yep, globally. globally. And they're doing better than that in the U.S. because they've had some hiccups in China and their new plant in Berlin. But they have a new Texas plant that's barely ramping up. So as long as there's demand, even if they raise prices, they have an incredible product in terms of tech, in terms of early adopters, in terms of California, number one vehicle, Model Y, number two, Model 3. You know, it's just crazy. People really want these EVs. And, you know, with the financing and stuff that we've had over several years in terms of the pricing, you know, they're still pretty accessible at, you know, the 50s and the 60s for most of them. And they just keep executing. And I did find it interesting that the competition as a whole, right, 21 brands making EVs is now starting to to keep pace with Tesla, but obviously at a much, much lower volume level, I wonder when those numbers will switch, right? The entire industry as a group will be building and selling EVs faster than Tesla as a single company. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, right, Austin is still ramping up. And let's just assume, right, Tesla is going to basically supply the U.S. with Fremont and Austin. Yeah, obviously some of those will get exported, but they are still in rapid growth stage. Uh, for the U.S. And what's amazing to me, I mean, because Austin had only been online for a little bit of the first half, Tesla did this without any federal support in market, right? They've long since exhausted their EV tax credits. Right. Most of their EV challengers were getting $7,500, you know, from the from the feds on every sale. Tesla, <laughs> Tesla on their own, no federal support, were still outgaining the market. It's amazing. Right. And not only were, you know, their competitors were getting the subsidies, right? And you can also work those into, you know, leases. You know, if you don't qualify for the credit, some automakers will let you build it into the lease and then get that. And at the same time, you know, Tesla is doing what everybody thinks is the ideal situation with EV makers in which they won't need subsidies anymore. Their cars will be so good, right? Or, you know, it will will fit the market in a way that they won't need them. And it's just like we talked about before. It's just Tesla so far ahead of people. And they may be getting with this new, you know, Inflation Reduction Act, they may actually be getting back some of those EV credits. It may be $37.50 based on their, you know, domestic battery production. I don't think anybody knows, but it'd be really interesting if Tesla gets those back. It would make their cars even more attractive with a six-month waiting list. Yeah, <laughs> like they need it. But they could totally qualify, at least on the Model Y and and uh, lowest trim of the Model 3. Okay, we're going to get to more on that later. I want to get to okay. the next number. Okay. We're already uh, well into the into the time, so uh, we okay. got to keep moving. My, okay. my bad. Okay, next number, 18. That is the number of brands selling vehicles with the full federal tax credit in the first half of the year. So taking out Tesla, taking out GM's brands, they had uh, they sold a few Cadillacs, a few Hummers, a few Chevys. If you look at only those 18 brands, their EV registrations more than doubled. It's very impressive. Of course, you know, we'll, Kia was a huge part of that. Hyundai did well. 
but among them, customers registered 102,611 EVs. That almost matches the number of Tesla Model Ys registered in the first half. Yeah, I think you really see how early on it is for everybody else, right? There's Tesla and there's everybody else. But, you know, and they're constricted because of the COVID. I mean, it it really is a uh, the whole, you know, the whole timeline has been messed up. Tesla's kept their timeline. Everybody else has had a wrench thrown in their timeline. And so the cars are very well received. The Ionic 5, the EV6, early reviews of the Lyrica, the F-150 Lightning. I don't think it's a product problem. I think it's a production problem. Then hopefully they'll work it out. Yeah, as it is across the industry, right? It's And that's probably, to your point, that's why Tesla has continued unabated because they've really had one strategy, you know, grow the EV market, make as much money as possible, right? Yeah. Whereas the other automakers, they're trying to make money on their big trucks and SUVs and luxury cars, funnel that into the EVs and try to, you know, build up that part of their business. And a lot of what we see in the sales and in the registrations is sort of just the product of them choosing what to make, whether it's because of profitability, usually profitability. In some cases, I think with EVs, it's about image. It's about gaining market share in these early yep. days. Yeah, Tesla just owns this game so far. All right. Next number I have for you is four. I believe four is the number of the top 10 EV models that might still qualify for a federal subsidy next week. I'm looking at the Mach-E and the Leaf, uh, both of which are getting it now and should get it next week. I believe that as of next week, the Model Y and the lowest trim of the Model 3 will also return to those federal subsidies because they meet the price requirements. Of course, it depends if the buyer's income is too high or is low enough uh, yeah. to qualify, but the the battery materials rules don't really kick in until 2024, right. <laughs> like as if Toyota needs a, a more tailwind, but yeah. wow, that's the idea that it's going to throw out the Hyundais, the Kias, the Polestars and the Volvos and the Audis and the Porsches, like that's got to be a real kick for those brands. You know, I think it's going to be interesting because like in the current, you know, price environment with $10,000 markups or $5,000 markups on <laughs> Ionic 5s, I've seen people on social media say, yeah, I'm going to pay the $5,000 markup, but it still has the $7,500 tax credit. So it's still a better deal than a Tesla, right? <laughs> now, Tesla's going to get the tax credit and let's say the Ionic 5 doesn't, then it's going to be a dicier proposition. So I think we're really going to see like, how important are these tax credits for buyers, right? And then the other one is, are the dealers going to have to bring their prices down a little bit? Because people have been paying 5000 over. And now with the tax credit gone, I think it's a harder to justify that. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if it works out like I think it does, like the way I'm reading the rules, that's like a $15,000 swing between the Y and the Ionic 5. Just like you said, yeah. the, if the Ionic 5 loses its $7,500 credit and the Y gets it back, that is just devastating. $15,000 on a, yeah, on a compact crossover. Absolutely right. All right. One more number. We're almost out of time, but uh, I, I'm really enjoying this conversation with you, as I always do. 
My number for you is six. We're six months in. We've got six months to go. What are you anticipating for the second half of the year in EV registrations in the EV market? We're, I mean, of course, in reality, we're already, um, you know, a month and, and change right. into it. But uh, what do you what do you think the second half is going to show us? You know, I think what's really interesting are production ramps, man. It's all about production because there's so much demand out there. These cars are already sold. They're on waiting lists. You know, Teslas are on waiting lists. Rivian, Lucid, Lyrics. You know, the Ionic yep. 5 and the EV6, you can find them around. That's why their sales are so because of inventory. So I think like the F-150 Lightning ramp, I think that's going to be really amazing to see because that could just be a lot of, and the, the Mach-E ramp. So I think Ford is in a really interesting place right now. And then the, the Koreans, because they're bringing in, they're going to be bringing in new models. Maybe not this, maybe not quite this year. Genesis will. And to see the production ramp. So I'm really looking at, and in, in talking to, you know, experts who are looking at factories, production, chips, things like that, because I think that they're going to sell all the EVs, basically. It's just how fast they can make them. Yeah. Okay. I got a couple of thoughts on it for you. I think this is the week to buy a Hyundai or a Kia EV. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just in case, you know, that it's going to be gone on Friday when, uh, if Biden, you know, assuming Biden signs the act on Friday, if that's when it's enacted, all those vehicles will no longer be eligible. So maybe, uh, you know, Thursday is the day to go out and get one. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned Ford. I think, you know, Chevy is also interesting to watch. You know, they're, they've been down this year, but the Bolt and Bolt EUV are both getting back into production at really low prices. And if they are suddenly again qualifying for $7,500 tax credits, you could be looking at $20,000 EVs, even in you know places like the Midwest. <laughs> that could be right. really compelling. The other one, I'm really looking for a surge from VW. I think they just started making the ID4 in Chattanooga. If that ramp goes well, it could really benefit from having the incentive that the Ionic 5 and EV6 will no longer qualify for. I think by the time we get to even September registrations, the ID4 is going to crack the top 10. They timed that pretty well. Now we'll see about the sourcing long-term. Lot to sort out in that bill yeah. and in this EV market long-term as we discussed. You know, I agree on the ID4. I think they're they're having they may be having a little trouble with demand from some some experts I've talked to. So I think that lower price coming out of Chattanooga, I think that's going to be really compelling because once you qualify for the tax credit, but now that kind of throws a wrench into that too. So we'll see. But otherwise, I think that's a compelling deal. That the cheaper ID4. Lonnie Iliff, you cover uh, well-funded EV companies from Silicon Valley for Automotive News. Thank you for joining me today. It's been great talking to you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on EV registrations, the Federal CHIPS Act, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about General Motors' new policy that requires all Buick, GMC, and Cadillac Escalade buyers to pay $1,500 for a three-year subscription to OnStar. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 